Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. We're excited to welcome this week's special guest, David, the Big Orange Terea. David, how was your weekend? The weekend was good. Got a new water heater. Went to daughter's uh, school thing, school little welcome bash. Um, But then, you know, just got ready for the pod. Love it. Love it. Tuck, what about you? How's it going? You know, nothing crazy this weekend. Trying to build my pergola in my backyard still. Got a new puppy last week. She's cute nice. as can be, but uh, she's shitting all over my house currently. So we, we kind of laid low this weekend to uh, to work on that um, and get tried to get her potty trained. But I think we made some major strides. She slept all through the night last night with it, without having to go to the bathroom. So uh, are you talking about perfect. a dog or a child, Tucker? dog you guys <laughs> this is ridiculous you should not get any more dogs i uh, know you just start yeah, you know just leaving it in <laughs> we have we have an old one and uh you know hopefully he'll have a few years left in him but didn't want there to uh, to be a gap there so here we are with two dogs for the time being i'm don't <laughs> don't count snoop out this podcast all about puppies and sec football the two things we do best that's right puppies Love and dogs it. well i'm excited to do a podcast with you guys i know this is our pilot episode i uh i've been thinking a lot lately, lately about just like wanting to make and produce content y'all know I, I like to do the content thing on snapchat and instagram but I'm passionate about SEC football. I went to the University of South Carolina. I'm a Gamecock season ticket holder. I watch a ton of SEC football, consume a lot of content specific to SEC football. And I know you guys do as well. So I think this is going to be a good group. David alluded to it. These are three guys with almost zero football playing experience. So I think that <laughs> gives us a I think that gives us a unique take to do an SEC football podcast. David, I know you went to Tennessee. You're our resident Big Orange volunteer expert. Tell us more. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously growing up, I was a Clemson fan. You know, living in a uh, sea of dogs down there in Savannah, like it was, you know, I just wanted to stand out, be different. Didn't want to just cheer for the dogs. And my family just had no connections to Georgia. So I grew up Clemson fan because my sister went there. Um, and then so when I came up here for school, you know, obviously my wife, Catherine, she played at UT, but UT was kind of hard to root for. Uh, it was like 2009, uh, Jonathan Crompton and those guys. I mean, Eric Berry was there. So I, I tried to root for him for years, and, uh, you know, it was just tough. It was, it was tough to get me, I don't know, converted to a Tennessee fan, but I tried and tried and tried. And then the last couple of years has just got a lot more fun. Uh, Louisa, my daughter loves Tennessee. Um, we go to like volleyball games, soccer games, baseball games, basketball games, women's basketball games. I and mean, we go to everything. So 
living here in Knoxville since 2009 has um, made it a lot easier. It's a ball country. Um, and Heupel's got the walls turned around a little bit. So it's exciting to uh, to be a part of that and be here in Knoxville. I love that. Yeah, I, I think Heupel's going to be really good anecdotally. We'll save that for our future coach rankings episode. But yeah, for I, think sure. he's, I think he's got the juice. Tuck, you're the lucky one of the group. Yeah, maybe Wayne, one uh, of the biggest bulldog fans I know. I, yeah, I mean, I was not not like David. I, I didn't just you know choose to just go against the grain for no reason. Um, and so I grew up a Georgia bulldog fan here in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and then I went to Georgia. Uh, when did we go? Oh nine to twenty thirteen, which uh, not necessarily the best years to be a Georgia fan. I think South Carolina beat me three out of four years while I was in college, which shows how bad we were um (laughs) and uh you know then when you came to me about this podcast i just the thought of having just you and david sit there and talk about south carolina and tennessee being on the up and up without having you know a georgia guy here to reality check y'all i knew i had to had to hop in and join you so you know excited to talk football nothing i enjoy more than arguing about the dogs and for the dogs and you know i but i also will try to be as uh unbiased but i'll probably be a little biased throughout this thing yeah i love that there's going to be some bias here i mean i mentioned earlier i i was a, a lifelong gamecock fan my dad went there for undergrad and law school so grew up going to games behind enemy lines felt like i was the only gamecock fan in savannah georgia so that was yeah that probably <laughs> was so that was an interesting perspective but uh i think this is going to be a good group to talk football we you know this is a group that's not afraid to pivot we originally were going to be an sec east podcast which was the idea you know georgia south carolina tennessee and then uh that sweet, sweet conference realignment. Let's take away divisions. And here we are. We're doing the full SEC thing, and I'm excited. So today's our, our first episode, and what better way to start than with the quarterbacks? Most important position in college football, in my opinion. We're going to do a lot of rankings on this podcast. We're going to have great, great guests. I'm going to reach out to a bunch of Savannah actually has a ton of great high school football recruits. So maybe we can get some interviews going with some good uh, big time recruits. We'll rank the positions We'll rank the coaches. We'll talk yeah, about the games. You, yeah. It's crazy. I forget Nolan Smith was, he actually went to Calvary before yeah, he went to IMG. the number one. Yeah. The and number then, one yeah, player then, in 2025 is Elijah Griffin. He's at Santa Christian. I know. Wild, I was going to mention right him. The yeah. And then Merklinger at Calvary's going to UT. Yeah. Pretty We've crazy. Two four star quarterbacks. We had that kid. Is he the BC kid or the Calvary kid? Because there's a, a kid at BC who's a four star and a kid at Calvary who's a four star right now. So we, Savannah's yeah. got a lot of college football talent, which is exciting. It's impressive. Very impressive. And then week to week, we're going to talk. We're going to talk ball. We're going to rank the players. We're going to have a little SEC Heisman watch. We're going to talk winners and losers. We're going to give you some sage wisdom if you're into betting on college football. We're going to do it all. This is going to be, we're the big SEC guys, and this is going to be a big SEC football podcast. So let's talk rankings. Let's rank the quarterbacks. Let's talk, uh, Tuck, let's start with you. 
give us your uh, give us your bottom three. Who are your twelve to fourteen starters? So my bottom three, you know, I I, I want to preface this with how I kind of looked at it. So I was looking at this as kind of what have you done? Uh, also, you know, how good of a quarterback are you is obviously very important in this. But a big part of it to me too is what's what's the team around you and and kind of your coaching. Um, and so I factored all those things in and, and kind of moved people up and down my list based on support and stuff. And, and so my bottom three, based on all those things, were, were Graham Mertz at the bottom from Florida, okay. A.J. Swan at Vandy, and Brady like Cook it. from Missouri. Um, I, I like kind of wanted to put Brady Cook up higher. He actually had a pretty good season statistically. Not, I mean, not great, but kind of middle of the pack season last year. Um, with a, you know, he had a sixty-seven QBR rating, and then sixty-five percent passing. Now he only had fourteen touchdowns, and I think like six of those came from some D two school that they beat up on. So that kind of kept him down. And then the fact that he lost uh, Dominic Lovett to Georgia, his number one wide receiver, that kind of dropped him down this list. But he is getting yeah. a lot of experience back on the O line, and uh, they got a new O coordinator in Kirby Moore. And that was another thing with this list. Uh, 11 out of 14 teams, I think, have new offense coordinators this year, which oh, yeah. I think that's going to kind of cause some chaos and and, and some other things. Um, but, we you know, a, we I had a great I had, transition of offensive coordinators. Sorry to cut you off. I noticed that, too. We had an unbelievable transitional year from 22 to 23 with new offensive coordinators. Go ahead. Yeah, it's wild how, how many people moved on, um, and, and all for different reasons, it seemed like. So, Graham Mertz, I got at the bottom. Um, he wasn't very good at Wisconsin. He, he had a 52.9 QBR at Wisconsin, and now he's coming into the SEC on a Florida team that's lost, like, I think, eight offensive linemen in the offseason, whether it be the transfers or, or – or, um, or graduation or, or going to the draft. And so, and then one of the guys they got from Kentucky is, is now leaving the program because I, I think something like his mom had cancer, which is real sad. And so he, he moved back home, Gosh. So, but he, he was going to be a starter for them. And, and now he's out. And so now we got all new offensive linemen. I don't really trust their uh, coaching staff. And Graham Mertz, like I said, just wasn't very good at Wisconsin. And so I, I don't see him being successful at Florida. I like that take. We can, uh, yeah, we can talk about our bottom three here. I, I was in a similar boat. I had Graham Mertz as my 12th, 12th ranked starter. AJ Swan at Vandy as my 13. And then I actually had Peyton Thorne at Auburn as my, my 14. So we're going to trigger some of the Auburn fans early, but I'm with you on Graham Mertz. I mean, he, Transfer from Wisconsin where, like, let's be honest, he wasn't very good. Not a super accurate guy. Not a great decision maker. And, I mean, we've mentioned it. I'm going to mention it till we're I'm blue in the face. This is an SEC podcast. SEC de- defense is different. He's getting thrown into the SEC fire, and things aren't getting easier for Graham Mertz. They're only going to get harder. So 
I, I think I concur with that 12th ranking. David, what about you? Who are your bottom three? Okay, so mine uh, was pretty close to Tucker's. I had Cook at 14, Mertz, and then Swan. I mean, yeah, like Tucker was saying, a lot of this has to do with like how well I see their seasons going. Uh, and I don't, there's everything above them is just such stiff competition. Uh, I just, these three teams are going to struggle, and I just see the quarterbacks struggling. I'm not going to pretend like I've watched a bunch of these guys at all, uh, but there's just stiff competition above them. Uh, and I don't know, like Vandy, Florida, and Missouri are going to be pretty bad, in my opinion, this year. So yeah, I honestly I, I like AJ Swan at Vandy. I, I think yeah, I mean, but he uh, I mean he was a true freshman last year, and his stats weren't great. But you know he didn't really have anything to anyone to pass to or, or an offensive line. I mean that's SEC caliber, and, and I think he's got nowhere to go but up. But unfortunately, you know Vandy's Vandy, so yeah, he, he does. And I think like he's over- yeah, overall, I mean, I think this is a really – there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the SEC. I mean, the, looking at the top ten, that like even number ten could easily be, I feel like, sneak up into the top four, you know, depending on how the year goes. So, I mean, there's a lot of parity with this group, I feel like. I like that take. I think we've got a lot of guys that can move up and down throughout the season, which is exciting. Um, yeah. I, anecdotally, I'm an A.J. Swan guy as well. So this podcast, three A.J. Swan guys um, – so AJ, if you're listening, come on the pod. We're fans. Um, <laughs> Huge fan. He's a he's a big kid. I think he's really cautious. He's a guy that protects the football, um, and I know that's what Clark Lee wants him to do. But uh, you know, he's a he's a game manager on not a very good team. So that's a that's a challenge. The one difference for me. So I actually, I actually had Brady Cook at eleven. I think Brady Cook's pretty good, honestly. Uh, and then the big difference, I had I had Peyton Thorne last at 14. He was at Michigan State last year, threw a bunch of balls, wasn't very good. I think he's the starter over Robbie Ashford. And you guys know this. I'm I'm sort of an Ashford guy. He he wasn't good. He wasn't accurate, but I like his legs. I like the dual threat dynamic he offers. Uh and Peyton Thorne doesn't have that. So I that's where I'm. That's where I've got him coming in at 14. You know, I I think Peyton could have a Auburn is. The, I mean, they're the biggest toss up because half their team is, is transfers. So we don't really know what he has around him um, until we see it on the field. But I mean, at Michigan State, he had a almost a 70 QBR, uh, which is pretty good uh, and, and against good competition. It's not like Michigan State's and the Pac-12 or something, you know, they're, they're in the big 10. So he played good teams and, and played pretty well. Um, and, and they got, uh, they got Hugh freeze coming in. So I think that Hugh's going to, you know, I think he's going to be really good truthfully. And so I, yeah, I, I agree. A huge bump solely based on Hugh kind of bringing a lot out of the, that team and, and being able to, pull that group together i'm with yeah, you I like I, Hugh freeze yeah i love i love Hugh freeze and i think i think thorn is winning the job right now uh so to me that means i mean i thought ashford like would have been a lot better than he got to last year but i guess their coach last year was just a disaster 
So, I mean, if Hugh, from what I've heard, Hugh thinks Peyton will win the job from inside sources. Uh, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what Hugh Freeze is doing there. Uh, I think he'll make him, you know, at least competitive early. Um, so I think just by that nature, you know, whoever wins the quarterback job will be, you know, pretty solid. Um, so that's why I didn't have Thorne in them as low. I think it's a good point. Yeah, like I, I think a lot of quarterback success has to do with coaching, and Hugh Freeze is a he's a quarterback guy, so he's going to be good. We want to talk. Uh, we want to move on nine to eleven. Yeah, let's do it. Who wants to kick it off? I'll kick it off for us. This is where mine gets a little juicy. So uh, I've got Connor Wegman at nine, Texas A&M, five star kid. He was the number three quarterback in the class when he came out. Big time recruit. First start was against South Carolina. He looked really bad, but then he looked incredible next week against Ole Miss. Then I've got Jalen Milrow, Alabama guy at 10. Feels very low for the starter at Alabama. Can, can we I've just got, put Jalen Milrow as a, you know, with an asterisk Jalen Milrow slash Ty Simpson slash Tyler Buckner since we still have no idea who's going to start there? Good call. Good call. Yeah, I think it's I, – I did some research. It looks like Milrow right now, but that could change. That could change by game one. And then we've talked about Brady Cook. I've got Brady Cook at 11. I think Brady Cook's the 11th best starting quarterback in the SEC. I like Brady Cook. Dual threat guy. Almost beat Georgia Tuck. He could be higher on the list. That's true. That's my 9, 10, 11. Not because of offense. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but you're right. I, 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 and I said it when I said, when I went in earlier, I, I thought Brady Cook was honestly better than 12, but I just, I couldn't put him higher. For some reason. Um, so I'll go to mine too. I, I've got at nine uh the Alabama trio uh of Jalen Melroy, Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner. Then at ten, I've got your boy Peyton Thorne. And then at eleven, I've got Connor Wagman. And I, I agree with Connor, the he was not good last year. Um but I think he's got the most potential to blow up uh, this board. Uh, I mean, like you said, he, he was a top-rated five-star guy, 98 overall, 247 rating, and he also now has Bobby Petrina, um, who I yeah. think – I'm, I'm very against the head coach also being a coordinator and calling plays. I just don't think that that's a good use of head coaching time or resources. And so Jimbo Fisher kind of stepping aside and letting Petrino take over the play calling, I think it's going to help them out a lot. Um, and so we'll, we'll kind of see how that turns out. Uh, I just have him low because he did play meaningful snaps last year. And in those meaningful slaps, he was, he was bad. Uh, no better way to put it. Yeah, let's call it out that he had a three-game stretch. So he played against South Carolina was was bad, um, but then the, the next week he goes against Old Miss and he was incredible, like one of the best QB performances of the season. And then the next week they play Auburn and he has one of the worst quarterback performances in recent memory. He was like horrifically bad. 
So it's that's a talk about a roller coaster of a kid, but I think he's certainly got talent. Yeah. yeah what about I, I, you? What's your nine to eleven? Go ahead, talk. Go Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, like Daniel said, I have the Alabama guys at eleven. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. It's the first time in a long time. I mean, Alabama has had amazing teams, not necessarily always amazing quarterbacks. They've had a few good ones, but this doesn't feel like a Jalen Hurts to a situation. Uh, I don't have high hopes for their quarterbacks. Um, then this is where it gets a little dicey. I got Mr. Spencer Rattler at number 10. Uh, oh, don't, but that's, that's <laughs> I mean, dude, he had 21 touchdowns last year and half of them were against Tennessee in one game. So I feel like the last few games uh, against Clemson, Tennessee, and I forget who the other one was, but man, he had about half of his touchdowns in those three games. Everybody what ignored the beginning. But what I'm saying is he was ter- he, he was a letdown in Oklahoma. He had to go to South Carolina. He was pretty terrible to start, and then he just like had three good games. I don't know. I think uh, I think he's just getting a little too much love, and I hate South Carolina anyway. So you know, just got to throw that in there. Uh, You're gonna and have I feel to like wait around for my Rattler good. ranking, dude. And <laughs> oh, then well, uh, okay. you won't have to wait long for mine. I, I got oh, it right up at eight, and uh, oh, I agree with you, David. I mean. Th- Look, he had a 59.3 QBR last year total, even with those three great games juicing those stats up. Who are the only other two quarterbacks in the SEC with QBRs in the 50s? It's A.J. Swan and Graham Mertz, who are the yeah. two, bottom two on my list. What, um, what are we QBR guys? What's this QBR talk? Unbelievable. I, you know, I just, it's just the best way to – I mean, he, if you look at all the statistics, he was just not great. Uh, and especially if you take out again the Tennessee game, which it, it seems yeah. like they just did not touchdowns. show up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you take that game out, he had as many touchdowns as interceptions last year. Uh, He's I'm just, doing something called the eye test, and my eyes tell me this is a top. Because he kind of looks so. like Patrick Mahomes does not mean that he's oh, a good quarterback. He was number one overall. I mean, he was the same rated as like Wegman technically. Wegman was number one on ESPN when he came out. But, you know, it just depends what site you look at. ESPN is probably the worst one, to be honest with you. Uh, so that was number 10. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in number nine real quick. Number nine was Wegman. Uh, I do think he could jump up the list um, just with the uh, change of coordinators because I know uh, um, Blake on t- – what's Texas A&M's coach name? I'm like it. Oh, Fisher. Fisher's offense. Yeah, Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. You can edit that. Yeah, Fisher's offense is tough. We'll edit that out. Yeah. Um, and then so yeah, that's my nine to eleven. But I think I feel like he could really jump up there, you know, because they do have talent there. Um and you know, I feel like he will benefit big from having, you know, a learning year and then plus a full spring to go into the uh this season. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is not sponsored by Red Lobster. Crab Fest is back, baby, and there's only one way to wash down a delicious bucket of crab, and that is with Red Lobster's brand new Lobster Teenies. Please note our signature cocktails don't contain real lobster. How about us talking about the Alabama trio, 9, 10, and 11? I mean, they just yeah, had to run well, quarterbacks. I want to talk a lot of more on that because yeah. you know, I guess we're not arguing on it because we all know. I mean, yeah. Boat. A rare but agreement. It's uh, 
you know, at, at the end of the day, the only reason I even have them as high as they are is because they they're Alabama the team around them. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're going to have a good O line, but yeah. I think that their wide receiver room is, you know, mediocre by yeah, Alabama it's standards. Not, it's, yeah. It's not as good as it's been. Um, My question I think, is what, what happened? How, how does this happen? You know, it, it, it it happens. All these guys are highly touted recruits. They just, you know, one is Ty Simpson, who is just now coming in. And I think the fact that Alabama fans are sitting there rooting for Ty Simpson, a freshman, to be the guy, I, I think that kind of shows a little bit of how desperate they are. Um, and then the yeah. fact, and but also, if they didn't go out and get Tyler Buckner, from he's trash Notre really, Dame, in my opinion. I think who was trash. Tyler Buckner was not very good. Thank no, you. he he had a fifty five percent completion percentage, um, last year for Notre Dame, and, and and I mean he only played in three meaningful games, I think, and but he was just not good in any of them, um, and, and so he he didn't show anything. But the fact that they go out and they get Tommy Reese, and he takes a look at those quarterbacks who during the A-Day game looked god-awful. And he goes out and says, hey, I think the backup at Notre Dame uh, was probably better, and we could probably get him over here. <laughs> and they So they go out and get him. And I, I think that shows everything you need to see. In it. And Jalen Milrow has just not shown really much of anything in, in the games that he played either. Uh, I mean, he's a runner. Yeah, he's a runner. He's not a passer. And can we talk put, about Tommy Reese for a second? He was born in, I, don't, I hate to age us on the pod. He was born in 1992. How old does that make you feel? He's yeah, us. I, I realize that he's 30 years old. And that, that made me feel weird. Well, as a, we, uh, you know, <laughs> he's, he's an offensive coordinator at Alabama. We do have a successful podcast. So it's, <laughs> you know, there are two sides to every story. Very true. I don't know. Um, I was kind of surprised Alabama got him. I wasn't. I didn't really like him. They kept. They would always show him in the booth at Notre Dame, and he was always just cussing and yelling at the players. I don't know. He just seems like kind of a dick, in my opinion. But I don't know. I have no knowledge of it. We'll see. More of an NFL guy than a college guy, David. I agree. Seems like one of those guys who wants to be in the NFL. But he's yeah, I don't know. I I just he hasn't proved anything. I mean, he was okay at Notre Dame, and then I mean, what. He was just coached at Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't put anybody in the league, really. So I don't know. I don't know why he gets yeah. why he's such a hot ticket. That's a good point. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's talk six through eight. I'm excited about this one because this is where we start. This is where we start getting into some dogs. No pun intended. David, <laughs> uh, start to you. Start with you. Who are your six through eight? Okay, uh, got the Ole Miss boys at eight. Um, I think it'll be Jackson Dart. Anecdote. I do too. I mean, I like Spencer Sanders. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he, I feel like he had some really good games at Oklahoma State, but then also some really bad ones. I know he was kind of banged up last year. Um, I was kind of surprised he transferred there because you would think he would want to transfer if he was going to play. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like Kiffin will we'll put something good out there. I mean, either one of these guys that starts good. And that's the thing. There's just still a lot of quarterback battles. I mean, talked about Alabama, talked about Auburn, Ole Miss, and there's even some more above us kind of. 
um, or at least two guys on the team that you know could potentially be the starter at the end of the year, even without an injury. Um, so I have the Ole Miss boys there at nine, um, eight. I have uh, Auburn group. I'm not. I'm not going to pick a guy. Uh, I think it's going to be Thorne, um, but not 100% sure. But Ashford's a really good athlete, um, and I know Hugh will, will put some points on the board. Um, and then coming up next, I have um, Mr. Carson Beck. So, uh, I mean, Georgia's going to be oh, good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen a ton from him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he could be good, but y'all also have like eight other quarterbacks that are like, five stars that could play in the next year. So it's like, I don't know. He has to be really, really, really good to keep the job. Um, Cause otherwise he's got a bunch of other guys coming behind him. So I'm not going to, you know, put him up because I think the danger of putting him up too high is, I mean, he has to be a national champion. Otherwise his job isn't safe. So I'm going to leave him here. You nailed it. I'll, I'll go next just cause I think ours, ours work well. Yeah. I've got, I like that we're getting into some small nuance differences, but I've got uh, I've got Devin Leary at eight, NC State transfer from Kentucky, missed half the year last year with a torn pec, wasn't great when he played, um, and just the SEC is going to be a lot tougher than the ACC when it comes to defending the pass. Like he's going to have a hard time. I've got the Ole Miss guys at, at seven. I, I think Jackson Dart's the guy. He's electric to watch. He's an old school gunslinger. He's got Lane Kiffin. I don't know if y'all remember, Ole Miss started off seven and zero last year, and Jackson Dart was kind of balling out. And it was like an easy schedule. Like their SEC games were like Kentucky, Vandy. Like it was an easy road. But I'm excited to see what this cat can do. I like his arm talent. I think he's a. I think he's a good quarterback. I, I think this could be a guy that ends up in the top five. I've got him at seven. Jackson Dart. And then six, David, I'm with you. I've got Carson Beck. Um, we haven't seen a lot of what Carson Beck can do, but what we have seen is, I mean, it's promising. He's a big kid with a big arm. He's got by far, I mean, he's in like the, I call it the Jalen Hurts situation. He's got the best situation in all of college football. Georgia has the best O-line, incredible running backs, the best tight end in college football, great wide receivers. So the sky's the limit for Carson Beck, but on the opposite side of that, like it's national championship or it's three Peter bust for Georgia. And yeah. if Carson Beck's not going to get the job done. Like I think Gunnar Stockton's got a lot of juice. I think he could be nipping at the heels. And I did. I, I, I talked to a Georgia insider two weekends ago, um, played golf with a guy who's close with Kirby, close to the program. And, and he said to me, I'm not going to name him anonymous source, but, he, he said to me on Carson Beck, he said, they're worried about his processing ability. He doesn't process plays well. He's a little bit slow to pull the trigger. I thought that was interesting. So breaking news on the pod. I thought that was really interesting to hear. Does your source rhyme with me? Yeah, maybe it does. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to name him, but I'm, I'm not saying that's the source. But if you were to you know look at the data, it's probably not hard to figure out. Uh, well, your six through eight. I'll hop in, and I, I I don't really disagree with you. I thought I was going to have to sit here and argue for Carson Beck over here, but I've got him in the same slot. I've got him at six, and then I've got Joe Milton at seven, and Spencer Rattler at eight. Um, I think him and Joe Milton are in 
pretty similar boats here. Um, and the fact that they're both coming to good programs, they're probably going to put up numbers. Um, they're, they're kind of unproven. Uh, I mean, no kind of about it. I mean, at least Joe Milton's played in one meaningful game. Um, but in Carson Beck really has zero meaningful snaps. I, I will say in the snaps that he's had, his stats are absolutely incredible and honestly better than anyone else on this list. 74% completion rating, uh, four touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, you talking about? Carson Beck. Yeah, he's throwing four touchdowns, passes. He, I, I mean, still, I don't care. Only, I, 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 I said he's played zero minute, had zero meaningful snaps. So I, this is all garbage. South Carolina stuff. when Georgia well, don't was throw up out his completion percentage in one series they played. But I will say, I mean, he's looked good in the G Day game. I mean, this guy, I don't know if he's quite getting the credit that he deserves. Uh, I mean, he was a top five quarterback coming out of high school he's beating out two five stars for the job i mean this guy was an au basketball player he is big he's strong and he's athletic and and the guy he was mr football in the state of florida coming out of high school i mean he but you but you have all the he has four guys in the next year that are going to be right on him right on his ass if he doesn't win every game True, but we just won back-to-back national championships with, I will say, Stetson Bennett had a great year this past year, and I love him to death. But when we won it in 2021, he was not that great. Um, yeah. So it's going to be tough for him to play poorly, I think. If, you had, if and, you had a guess, do you think he's the starting quarterback for the next, whatever, what, three or two, three or two years? Yeah, two not years. any of the Not any of the other guys? I think he is. Um, you know, it, our schedule is so easy this year. Yeah. Truthfully, uh, it's going to be hard. I mean, if he's not looking good, I think the Tennessee game is really our, our biggest game on the schedule. And we should be going into that game undefeated. And he'll have plenty of meaningful snaps under his belt by the time that game rolls around. And I, I don't see it being an issue. I also think, you know, he's coming. I mean, he's coming in with the best O line in the SEC and probably the best receiving group in the SEC. Uh, if you include tight ends in that category, um, Tuck, so Tuck, if I may, let's do a uh, let's do a podcast bet. I think uh, I think Gunnar Stockton starts a game this year, okay. not due to injury. I'll take over a start. He, is he even the number two? I thought it was the other guy, Vandergriff. It is. Uh, but th- we're not sure on that. Uh, uh, Gunner seems to have been getting a lot of praise from Kirby. Ker- Kirby, like, makes sure that his name is included in the comp- QB conversation. He, he doesn't want him to transfer. And it might a be that way. You know what I mean? Like, how do you keep four or five star quarterbacks happy? It's not possible. Yeah, you don't. It's not. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I predict Carson Beck getting the job and, and Brock Vandegrift transferring. And then when we get in Dylan Raiola, him and Gunnar Stockton are, are going to be duking it out for that job. Um, But, and then I got Joe Melton just one half step below him, uh, just because. 
He's going to put up numbers at Tennessee. Have you seen how far uh, he can throw an orange? <laughs> if okay. throwing strength was everything, you wouldn't have him, would at, have him at number one. Um, but throwing strength is everything, dude. It is not. I, I mean, y'all's offense, it, it's going to be, he's going to put up a big numbers, but you know, so did Hooker last year. And we saw where that got him. It got him one step behind Stetson Bennett in the Heisman vote. So, um, you're, you're welcome, Stetson Bennett, South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> the Heisman race for sure. We've already talked Spencer Rattler. I, he's just so up and down, and I, we never, we don't know who South Carolina's who was making those play calls at the end of the year. There's all the speculation, and but until he proves to me that he can do be at the top of his game on a consistent level, then I, I'm not putting him up this list. I'll give you the Rattler insider info because I'm obviously very well connected to the Gamecocks program. Uh, very well connected to the spo- Murdoch spoiler, family for sure. Oh boy. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It wasn't Rattler's fault. We had, in my opinion, the worst offensive coordinator in Power 5 college football last year. So I think we're looking at a new Rattler, but I'll save that for when the time comes because we're going to wait around for him to pop up in my rankings because he's, uh, he's in the top group. That's a tease in the radio business. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. You you want me to kick it off? We circle back to me. Let's kick it off. I did want to say um, I I had Devin Leary in the list. Y'all didn't. Um, I I'm I'm bearish on Devin Leary. So Tuck, let's uh, let's yeah. Hear well, your four, I'll talk about that when I kick this off because I, I have Devin Leary yeah. up here and Jackson Dart who um, oh I like it. y'all both had down there. Um, so my. Three, four, five are Will Rogers at three. Um, I mean, the guy's going to put up crazy numbers. A million uh, yards. Yeah, I mean, he's going to lead SEC in all sorts of statistical categories by the end of his career, and I just think you got to got to give him credit for that. Um, now they are getting a new offensive coordinator who I think is going to run the ball more, but I think that's going to kind of help him. I honestly think it's going to help Will Rogers out from an efficiency standpoint. I, I don't think he's going to put up as many yards, but like, you know, I, I think his completion percentage should go up. His touchdown to pick ratio should go up. Having, you know, a good run game will help you. And, and they're returning um, four out of five starters on the line. Um, and, but they, they did lose a couple wide receivers. So, I'm still high on Will Rogers. He's proven it that he's a top three quarterback in the SEC in my mind. Then I got Devin Leary um, at four. I I think they're really high on Devin Leary in Kentucky. Uh, I know he came from NC State, uh, which obviously is not the SEC, but from what everyone is saying about this guy, he is a gamer. He is a player. I think Kentucky's going to be pretty good this year. Um. That being said, their offensive line is a big question mark right now. That they they return a lot of starters, but they're moving them around a lot right now, which isn't always a great sign. And then I got Jackson Dart at number five. Um, I actually had him down lower on this list originally when I was looking at this, but the more I was looking at it, I, I think he's going to be great. Uh, this year, I mean, I mean, he's returning 
one of few guys that still has his offense coordinator. So he's coming back in the same system, which I think is going to help him a lot. Uh, his stats were good last year without it. And, you know, I think Lane Kiffin's just going to do wonders with this guy this year. I, I, I think he's going to be looking really good by the end of this year. And um, he just – he got that – experience here under his belt and he's going to take a big leap this year i think darts a stud i'm i'm with you i think i think that guy's a player yeah any that's what i'm saying like any of those guys down below there are a lot of those guys that this could change i mean i think the top five is very could go a million different ways like it's just whatever argument you want to go with you know you could argue for right. all these guys in the top five maybe except for leary yeah i think he's overhyped a little bit i had him at five I mean, yeah, he was good at NC State. He reminds me a little bit of Stetson Bennett, a little bit, just because like you just he's not athletic, imposing, and then he just somehow like schools you and like makes plays. Um, so he does have some intangibles, but I mean, Kentucky's Kentucky. I mean, they're I feel like they're only going to go so far. The East is getting better. I mean, they're they have I'm sure they have a tough schedule. I haven't looked at it game for game, but I mean, they normally play Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee. Um, so. A lot of tough games. Um, at four, I had I, I did not want to put Rodgers this low, but I put Will Rogers here. Uh, I want to say that he will Mike Leach will power him through in the afterlife and make him the best yeah, quarterback right, and he's dude. gonna win the national championship. But um, yeah, I mean his volume's gonna go down, I feel like, because Leach threw it every play. Um, like Tucker was saying. So I don't know. I wanted to put him higher. But I just feel like they're just going to be limited at Mississippi State a little bit. And I don't know. I feel like I just can't tell if losing Leach is going to hurt him or help him. I want to say it'll help him, but then I don't because I love Mike Leach. Um, and then I had KJ Jefferson. Um, you know, he I had higher hopes for him last year. I thought he'd be a little bit better. Um, but I feel like getting that year of experience last year, I feel like he'll come in. He could easily be the top guy top quarterback and ball out and may have like a Dak Prescott type season. I feel like he could do that um, and make Arkansas really relevant, but um, not sure I see that happening. It could happen though. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is not sponsored by Avocados de Mexico. Nothing goes together with SEC football, like a good avocado from Mexico. Do you love tableside guacamole as much as I do? Make sure to get your avocados from Mexico with Avocados de Mexico. David, I noticed someone um, that's going to be in our, that we've already talked about is missing for you. I can't put my finger on it. Big, big uh, arm quarterback. <laughs> we'll we'll have so, to save wait, that for so later. You got, you got Jefferson uh, at number five? No, 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 number three. I, I went, I went, yeah, number three. Uh, uh, I went from five uh, up. Okay, okay. So I went Leary, Rogers. The implication Jones. is. Sorry, I, should, I, is I haven't a, been there. Once again, got this it, is a podcast so, tease, but Dave, David still has uh, Milton and Jaden Daniels Of course remaining, I do. So of course that'll, be I do. The, that'll be the next two. Let me, right. let me share my three. Let me share, share my three through five. So uh, I, I'm with you. I've, I've got Will Rogers at five, which is the lowest of the group. He's a he's a high volume guy. Like Tuck said, he's going to have all the records. He's back to back years. He's had like four thousand yards passing, thirty five plus touchdowns, and six hundred plus attempts. 
So he's got a lot of mileage on that arm. Uh, I do like the new coordinator, Barbe, coming over from App State. I think he's going to be good. Will Rogers, like I, the kid's a stud. The kid's got a big arm. I, th- I think he's gonna, <clears throat> he's accurate. He's gonna have a big season. I've got Joe Milton at four, David. I didn't. Uh, if I knew you were gonna put Rattler at ten, I would have retaliated by putting Milton at ten, but I didn't. I didn't know. So I've got Joe Milton at four. A huge arm, b- biggest arm in college football in terms of throwing the football. Uh, he looked great against Clemson in the ball game, and that was a good defense. Like that's a. That's not like the rest of the ACC. That's a good defense. I love the fit with Heupel. Uh, I'm expecting a huge year from Joe Milton. We could we could end this year talking about Joe Milton being one, um, and then like talk about an NFL dream six five two thirty five, like basically my exact dimensions, and just a huge arm, just a big time big time arm. Uh, and then my three. Um, this kid was a five-star recruit. He was a 99 rated quarterback on two, four, seven. He was the number one quarterback in the country <laughs> probably has the most arm talent in all of college football. Um, and that's Spencer Rattler for South Carolina. He's got a, he's got a new offensive coordinator. I really think, uh, Marcus Satterfield, our offensive coordinator last year was the problem uh, once we, once we sort of changed the, once we took the reins away from Marcus Satterfield, Spencer Rattler shined. We saw it. Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame, and the bowl. He was electric. I, I think this is another situation where in four weeks we could be like, wow, Spencer Rattler might be the best quarterback in college football. I, I think this is a really talented cat. I'm super biased. Um, but a guy that can make literally every throw imaginable. And I and I think he's going to have a lot of say in the new offense, which is going to be good. So those are my three, four, five. Well, I I, I think you're absolutely nuts. Put Spencer Rattler up there. I think he, Love it. you know may could end up up there by the end of the season if he does ball out this year and Dal Loggins ends up being a, a great hire. Uh, but everything we're hearing, everything I'm seeing, doesn't make me believe that he's going to come in new offense coordinator year one and just ball out i I mean it would be one thing if y'all hired a hypo type guy in the offense but that you know is not the case and he just hasn't he's proven time and time again it's not like he doesn't have meaningful snaps he's the guy has played a lot in his career and has never taken a step forward. In fact, he's taken semi steps backwards. It seems year after year. Well, let's play a fun game called classic into an argument. We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> what do you think about that? We'll just have uh, to wait and see what happens. Well, I told you in the beginning, I, I joined this podcast to check your expectations. So David's got Love it coming it. up when, when he tries to put Joe Milton at number one, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll save it for when that happens. Love that. This is a podcast about friends helping friends with expectations. <laughs> I like that. I love that. Um, all right, Tuck, let's go to you. Your one, two are the same as my one, two. You want to talk about those real quick? Yeah, it, I, it, this was tough for me. Um, honestly, I, I I think these two are without a doubt deserving of the top two. Uh, they're proven 
they had great years last year to go into my QBR uh, stint. They had pretty much the same last year. Uh, but I put Jane Daniels at one and KJ at two solely based on the team around them um, and, and offensive coordinator situation. Um, I think Arkansas losing Bryles was not good for them to TCU. I, I think he was a great coach, but Dan Enos, I also think, is a good coach coming in. I mean, he's familiar with the program. He coached Tua at Bama, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Talia or Tualia, Tua's little you brother at Maryland. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, they're one and two. They're really 1A and 1B for me. I, I think they're, I honestly think KJ is a better quarterback, but I think. LSU is going to have a really good year. I think they're in for a lot of success. Their offensive line should take a big step forward. They've got top two receiver group in the SEC. And, you know, I, they can both scramble some. But and but Jane Daniels, I, I think, is going to have a, a great year this year. I'm right there with you. I had the same thing. I had Jaden Daniels at one, KJ Jefferson at two, and and it's supporting cast for me as well. Uh, Jaden Daniels has a little bit more juice with the rushing, um, but they both run. KJ Jefferson's a bigger guy. Jaden Daniels is more of a shiftier guy. But I, I mean, I think these are two really, really good dual threat SEC quarterbacks that are going to have really, really good years. Um, so that's my one and two. David, let's hear it. It sounds like Jaden Daniels and <laughs> Joe Milton for you. Tell us about tell us your top two. Yeah, so I didn't put Milton at one, just so you wouldn't give me too much shit for it. Uh, but I really put Joe Milton slash Nico at two. Uh, dude, Nico's a baller. He wears slow pants. He can sling it. He doesn't give me DJ Uangaleli vibes. Uh, he even though he's Hawaiian. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but he's a baller, dude. And he's just as, I mean, he's, uh, from what I've seen, I mean, he's, he's picking up the offense quick. He can sling it. He's a freak athlete. He's really skinny. Like I've never seen a guy with his body type. It's kind of like Trevor Lawrence, but like a little wiry and definitely with more, definitely quicker. Um, but man, he's, I think he's going to be a stud whenever he gets a chance. And that's like, I mean, Milton's going to be really good. I mean, his accuracy makes me a little bit nervous because in this offense, you got to be quick, crisp, and and accurate. But I don't know, man. I, I, if he if he gets the accuracy dialed in a little bit, I mean, there he's going to be nasty. He's going to put up huge numbers. Um, but still, I don't think he's going to be as good as Hendon um, was last year. Um, and then, yeah, I had Daniels at one overall. I think just another year being with Brian Kelly, I mean, he, he had – Pretty good games last year besides the Tennessee game. Um, but uh, I think he's going to take it to the next level, and they're going to be scary this year. So like unanimous Jaden Daniels won from the pod. Look at us. There's a yeah. lot of ifs in there for that for a number two quarterback in the SEC. You know, I love that it was number two. And it was a slash. It was an yeah. either or. I, well, I mean, dude, I've seen being a you're Clemson not, fan. You're I've not even it. confident enough. I'm not scared of a starter. Yeah, but it it's they're both at such a high <laughs> level. It's just like in Georgia. I mean, I guarantee you, 
You could, you're talking a true freshman over here. You're, you're thinking that this true freshman got it, has though. never he's taken a meaningful juice, snap. Though. He's got the juice. Who cares? Are, are is, this like Kelly, is this like he, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson? Yeah, that's kind of over yeah, It's very similar to that. Yeah. Like everybody knew Trevor was better, but it's like, okay, Kelly Bryant had flashes of being like insanely fast, insanely athletic. And that's kind of what you get with Joe Milton. He can throw the ball 100 yards. I mean, I think he's going to be good. I think he's way better than Kelly Bryant was. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a completely different level quarterback. But I think Nico's a freaking son. And as soon as he steps on the field, I think he's going to be really good. And he's going to be on TV a lot. Well, the future Sprite. I uh, I think next week I want us to talk about the recruiting classes for the different SEC teams and – it sounds like Nico might be your Tennessee star of the class, David. Is that fair? That might be an obvious one. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt for that, for the coming, yeah, for this class, for sure. Tuck, any final commentary there? Yeah, I mean, y'all are uh, a little delirious. It's okay, though. I, 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 I'm okay with y'all's rankings. Um but we but, just want to win. Like I'm saying, we don't really. know what it feels like. <laughs> like to that too, and then going on a rant about how good his backup is is just a little bizarre to me. I just see it. I'm looking at it more. All these as <laughs> I was looking at it as like teams in a way. I don't know. As you, like as you talked about Carson Beck, and you said, "Oh, he's got all these backups behind him," and that's a negative thing for him. But. Free, well, because free. he's got like four of them, dude. Like, so if he and Georgia has way <laughs> higher expectations, if y'all don't win the national championship, y'all are gonna cry like little babies and bark. Sadly, bark your your night away. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a little different here. Yeah, it's just I different dynamic. Way. It's just different dynamics. Georgia's now won two in a row. You know, it's you've seen it at other schools. Like, if you don't perform, you're not gonna play. It's it's a little different. So, David, if know. not having a backup is your logic for being a good quarterback, Spencer Rattler should be one. You need to remember <laughs> your list. He has got no pressure this year. He has got the full leash, as they say. Very good. Um, I will say, Joe Milton and Spencer Rattler, if I were to put odds on getting becoming a number one or first-round draft pick, those would probably be the top of my list. Love that. Um, I agree but, with that. I think those are the two most likely to go number one overall, for sure. No, dude, it's going to be the size dude, and arm strength. No, it's going to be. I think Drake May, and then well, Caleb right. Williams. This I, is an I, in the SEC podcast. Oh, this okay. is an it's going to be Caleb podcast. Williams. Who it's going to be? No, yeah, Caleb no, Williams. Drake, Drake May. May Drake May is better. Obviously. Caleb Williams, Williams is going to for sure. Caleb I'll bet you any amount of money Drake May goes over. I bet. I think he's number one. What? That's a wild bet. Let's, no, do a, uh, let's, do a, let's do a podcast pie to the face. If Drake May goes one, Tucker gets a pie to the face. If uh, Caleb Williams goes one, David's got a pie in the face on the podcast. No, nah, dude, you have to write me a love song if I win. <laughs> I, oh, I, I like love the pie that. The face. Okay, I'll send fun. it to your daughter so she can put it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> love that. That's the deal. I love that. You, you can right, send guys. one to my wife to do it. <laughs> she would probably okay. enjoy it more than I would hope. No, I get I get to pie your your dogs. You get to pie my children. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're looking for the, the good content. Uh, um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been a good first episode, guys. How are we feeling? So Pretty far, good. so good. Pretty good, dude. All right. 
I say let's wrap here and then we'll uh we'll see you next week for some more recording. Sounds great. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to Big SEC Guys. That's it. That's the episode. The end.